Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Becky. Hello, John. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Julie. Hello. Good to be here. So, you know, we've been talking entrepreneurial hacks for a few weeks, and we think it's time to start talking about something that no one likes to talk about. I was just thinking, I'm so glad if you tuned in today, I'm proud of you, because yeah. we're talking about failure, which is something that is incredibly uncomfortable. I feel like that word, right? You can just picture the teacher writing a big F on your paper. It's just like, <laughs> as I don't know if it's our kids' psyches coming out, but it's like, we all just don't want to fail, right? And yeah. I think it holds us back in all the worst ways. And it's something that we feel really passionate about lifting of that, you know, if we can get a hold of this and we can really look at it straight in the eyes, that we could do some really powerful things for our mission if we just took away the fear of failure. Yes. And I, that's what I love about looking about at this topic through an entrepreneurial lens, because you are really talking about, it's really about how do you come out of failure? Who are you as a human once you know, your expectation has not been met. And entrepreneurs are just such resilient individuals. And we have this phrase at our house, you know, you don't ever lose, you learn. And it's Mm. like, that is really what we're going to be talking about today is how do you come out of failure? And how do you allow it to sharpen you? I love that, Becky. Thanks, John. I didn't know I was going to say it, but there you go. (laughs) But, you know, we've been talking about lenses that you look through the world kind of differently with the whole syndication lens, right? We just talked about that a couple weeks ago. But I think this is a a superpower that entrepreneurs really channel. And it's like they don't have really a fear of failure. They have much more of a fear of not taking action. Of like, what happens if I don't? You know, what happens if I just sit on the sidelines I mean, they're looking for that gap in the market in the time to step forward boldly when people are telling them they're crazy and going for it. And friends, you're watching us do this in front of you. Yes, right? we are living this literally right so, now. Yeah, we we have best laid plans, but this could completely fail. But that's what is also energizing about it is because we feel really called to the mission of it. And the successes that I feel in this space are such fuel to like go out and replicate that feeling over and over. And I love that we're just talking about the lens of this, because if you are someone, let's say like nonprofits 2019, you know, even if you're sitting there thinking we need to innovate, we need to take risks. I know we need to be doing something differently. It's like COVID put us all on a level playing field Mm -hmm. where we have to at this point, we've got to be taking risks. We've got to be doing things differently. And it's going to be uncomfortable in those spaces. Risk-taking is incredibly uncomfortable, even for the boldest individual. That's not even the right word. The most bold (laughs) individual. And so we are going to fail as we're trying these new things. And we we talk about it all the time, like just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think it's okay. And that's what we're here to like talk about today is failure is a good thing. You know, it's not necessarily great that you didn't hit your goal or it's not necessarily great that, you know, you didn't get the meeting that you were trying to get or the grant. But it's like, how does that make us pause 
and pivot. I know, and John hates that word, but it's like, how can we turn, <laughs> turn and, and, and yeah. just make small adjustments that are going to help us from, from doing that again, feeling that way again? How's it going to make us better? Well, I love that because honestly, something I heard this week has really helped me process through this conversation too, is that failure is just a label that we're putting on it. You know, so much of everything in our life, in our business, in our organizations is about our own expectations, you know? And so maybe it's just a missed expectation that happened, but that just postures it differently. You know, if you just realize, hey, this is just, I had an expectation I was going to raise $100,000 and I raised 95, um, that changes the whole paradigm because immediately you're like, okay, why did I have that expectation? And it puts you into a place of growth mindset. You know, we're huge on growth mindset, which is just simply saying, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm here to show up and learn and grow in all the ways that I feel you know, deficient in all these different ways. So what is the situation telling you that you can change and you can make better for the next time around? And I mean, we're both ridiculous idealists yes, by nature, are. but I'll tell you, there's a lot of expectation in that too. I think because of that, we want things to just the world to be changed in an instant and it's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a slow haul. And so we want to talk through all those things today. How do you channel failure or whatever you want to call it into something super positive. And the word failure, we I mean, it is not the F word here. <laughs> I mean, we've got to reframe it. And failure is only failure when you sit in it. So those who learn and grow are the ones who get better. And they're the ones that thrive. So I really want to talk about just resiliency. And that's really what failure is. And when you're coming out of failure, how resilient are you? How are you coming out of that? I think a really good segue for that is our core value, number seven. And I want to read it to everybody. Disrupt, grow, adapt, and repeat. Because daring innovation lies in the hands of the dreamers. And if you are listening to this right now, you are the dreamer. We are talking about you. And when we honor that spirit, it creates truths that we may never stop pursuing never stop listening, that we never stop sharing, and we never stop pushing to think bigger. We never want to substitute the easy thing for the right thing, and we never want to stop choosing humanity every time. Now that you have that ideal, we want you to repeat it because risk-taking is a beautiful thing, and the most incredible things have come out of it. I saw this incredible post the other day, and I feel like it's really timely, um, as Jeff Bezos, the announcement that he's stepping down um, from the CEO of Amazon. And there was an article about how he went into a Harvard business class, into an entrepreneur class, and he took his business plan. And this was right after he had launched Amazon, at the very beginning, and it was not profitable in any way. And these Harvard grad students basically ripped apart his business plan. And at the end of it, they applied all of their theory to it. And they said, this is a beautiful risk. This is a bold move, but it's not going to work. And you will not be successful. We're sorry. You're going to have to get a different business model. But old Jeff Bezos, <laughs> he took that leap of faith. He had this bold thinking that was not employed in the marketplace and look at what Amazon is today. I mean, I am sad to tell you, I, I get a little <laughs> panicky if I think about if I didn't have Prime in my life and all the benefits that it gives. But it's like, if you are passionate about something and you want to make it work, go for it. And don't just let failure stall you. 
That's so true. I mean, and if you think about, we don't think of this space as competitive. We really don't. We view it as community and we're all kind of running our own race. But if you look side to side, it's like the people that are willing to embrace this and are willing to step into making mistakes and probably looking like a fool sometimes are the folks that are going to grow and thrive and come out so much stronger down the line. Because remember, I'm sorry, this is not going to be a rehash of every one of our core values, but the other one is that this is, we play the long game. Yep. And so in the grand scheme of your organization, your mission, your overall life, what is this one moment really amount to, you know, it is a whole story. And so how you pick yourself up and keep going is what really matters. And the same is true in the most minutia of, of tasks that you maybe feel blocked in your organization today. Take the risk, you know, failing is a okay. Yep, it is. And I think we had a guest on last season, Tysley, who is just such a brilliant professional in this space. And she had this great conversation about being brave and not perfect. And we talk a lot about failure and rejection in that. And she gives us four great tips and I want to run through them. So if you're taking notes, this is the note portion of your <laughs> section. But I think that these are really helpful because in the first one is you're going to hear no. You have to increase what is your pipeline, you know, she says, by three times what you're hoping to bring in because we're counting on the fact that we are going to hear a ton of no's and we are going to receive that rejection and failure. That is a part of our business. And, and, it's, and it's not a reflection of us, which I think is the hard part. A lot of times we, you know, we're individuals, we're vulnerable, and we rethink, oh, it was probably something I said. I didn't present this in the right way. I didn't bring, bring the right people to the table. It may have absolutely nothing to do with us when we feel those no's. So under, embrace the fact that that is an essential part of our business and power through it. Number two, prepare yourself for what you know will ultimately come, even if it is a no thank you. So if you know that it's coming, we kind of steal ourselves and the uh, shrapnel (laughs) of that no doesn't sting quite so much when it does come. Um, The third one is do not internalize or process no thank yous as rejection. Because this is really going to make you doubt your own capabilities. Again, this may not even be anything that has to do with you, especially right now in COVID. None of us know what the other is going through. We don't know what's going on at home. We don't know what's going on in our businesses. And so going into it with a really open and empathetic mindset is really going to help you, again, go back to that resiliency. And the last thing is courage is critically important. Without that activation of courage, you really are, again, going to be standing still. We don't want to do the same old things. We want to innovate. We want to grow, disrupt, adapt, repeat. Again, back to that core value. Tysley was bringing the heat that day because that is some killer advice, and you can apply that to whatever seat of the house you are in, even if you're not a frontline fundraiser. Um, so, I mean, I don't think we can have this conversation without telling a f- couple of stories Heck of yeah. just where let's hear about Becky and John's <laughs> failures. <laughs> It'll be great. And we got lots of them, but we'll only just share one or two. Well, I'll tell you one is that, you know, we, um, had a successful event at a former nonprofit that we went, that we were a part of, and we had this opportunity to partner with this corporate partner who built houses and wanted to offer this house as kind of this kind Mega of houses. premium um, opportunity to bring people in and kind of this be this perk that we could sell tickets to. So it was kind of this revenue generating opportunity, but also kind of the stewardship of this potential donor. So we took the risk and we're like, you know, let's, let's give this a try. And so we were going to gather all of our donors to come to this house on said night for the event. 
And, you know, I wasn't even an amateur at this point. This is why this is so embarrassingly bad is that, you know, this is a new house build in a mega neighborhood, mega houses. It's a mansion. And I think we, I think we showed up, you know, reasonably early an hour (laughs) before. I am just grinning at at the story. I wish you could see us like we're in suits, (laughs) which I forgot what a suit was like pre-pandemic, right? When we used to wear suits, Um, show up in a suit. All the girls on staff are all in their nice dresses and heels and all these things. And literally we show up and there is scaffolding. There is construction dust everywhere. There is table saws in the middle of the living room. There is there are workers, workers. everywhere. I mean, the house was not finished and <laughs> donors will be there in 45 minutes at this point. And I wanted to completely crawl out of the room. <laughs> you know, I was not leader of this organization I'm hot already thinking about, but this just story. had a moment with our executive director. And she's like, this is when we dig in and we make the most of this moment. And, you know, in our suits, we found shop vacs and there's a picture floating around me with a shop vac vacuuming up the floors. We're hiding tools behind the back of the garage. Becky's upstairs hiding sconces and closets in my heels. (laughs) It's, it's hilarious. We just made the most of that moment. But, and I'll tell you, Anybody that came that night probably didn't even recognize it because we got the place cleaned up with a couple seconds to spare, but it was one of the more, you know, massive professional failures that I just like, how did I let this happen? How, why would I have not come by for a site visit? Why didn't I come and check on the progress? You know, why wasn't I here earlier? Why wasn't I here walking through with vendors the day before? And it was just this opportunity for growth. And I'll tell you that our leader at the organization gave us that grace to do that. And I think it allowed us to look and say, hey, the idea of partnering with somebody in this way was not a bad idea. That was a great idea. But the idea of just assuming that our expectations are the same level of maybe what they thought needed to be for this event were completely different places. So that's one example of when I felt like a complete moron. Becky, I think you need to share one because I have one because I want to, I want to talk about a time that I bullied John into (laughs) taking a bigger risk that was not very smart and it didn't end up well. So for anyone that's listened to the podcast, I mean, I have this kind of fearless component to my personality. Sometimes it it, it is a wonderful thing and sometimes it is not. And so I'm going to be telling one of the latter stories. And so John and I had put together this sort of groundbreaking disruptive campaign. It was an employee campaign at our former healthcare organization. And we, when you're launching a campaign um, internally to 10,000 people, you know, there's, there's no baseline to understand what the outcome of that is going to be. And so we tried to take away as many barriers to success that we could. But again, it's like, we don't know how much we're going to raise. We have no idea how many people are get on going to get on board. So we make what we set our goals. And about, I want to say it was a four week campaign at toward the middle of the third week. I look at John and I don't know how many employees we had donors then I want to say it was like six or 700 very modest at that point. And I look at him and I say, I think we need to try to get to a 1000. 
It wasn't based on data. It was based None. on Becky's gut. Becky's which is feelings, fine. which is honestly, <laughs> I would, I don't know that I would, would even suggest that because sometimes you have gut and you need to go with your gut. Right. And sometimes it's like, we actually do need to look at the data, but we had no data to look at. And so we, of course, we're marketers. We wrap around this road to 1000 theme and we, you know, integrated into our, our intranet and people are seeing it on the banner and great story. We get there. We actually get there and we're over a little bit. That's not the story. This is not the story I'm telling. So year two comes around and Becky is feeling very emboldened. She's feeling very <laughs> righteous. And you pulled the old playbook off the shelf. I'm going to do this again because <laughs> yes. it worked last year. Mm -hmm. And I look at John and, you know, probably about the middle of week three, I'm like, well, let's try this again. And I don't remember even to this day what the number is that I pushed you to. And I remember it wasn't as glamorous. It was like road to 1300 or something. Or it was like, doesn't have the same like ring it, around it. Yeah, yeah, it really didn't. <laughs> and it, but I remember John's discomfort a little bit at the, at the thousand, but it wasn't overwhelming, but his discomfort was very clear the second year. And I was of that risk taking, let's go for it. And we did not hit it. And, and it's kind of, you're just sitting in the exhale of that going, oh, you know, I should have listened to my team. I should, you know, it's okay to be bold. We want people to be bold, but sometimes it just doesn't hit the mark. And you know what? We learned from it. We wrapped, you know, more messaging around how do we get new donors in? How do we work on retention? How do we, it just allowed us to think bigger and more broadly about how do we bring them in in the first two weeks? And from that, we put together a pre-campaign, a pre-campaign launch, and yep. it was groundbreaking for us. So again, it did help us grow and John, I want to apologize to you publicly for making you do something you were uncomfortable with. <laughs> I've been with. waiting for this moment for like yeah, 10 it's years. it's been like Thank 10 you years. For that I'm apology. Really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so friends, what is staring you in the face right now, you know, that you're scared to take the risk on? We're not saying take blind risks. We're saying do the Tysley method. If you need to raise a certain amount of money, obviously build the pipeline that supports multiple, you know, times that because you want to make reasonable goals, but recognize it for what it is. You know, it's your own personal expectation that you're putting on something and lean into it and just show up on unapologetically because we need to be courageous and we need to be resilient and it's going to be okay. It is going to be okay because if you can be poised and confident through hardship, people are going to start looking up to you. They're going to feel emboldened, especially if you're a leader uh, listening to this, your people are watching you. They want to know that it's safe mm -hmm. to make these recommendations to you, to the, to the organization. And then you become a role model for those who want to be in your position. And all of a sudden, this is inspired leadership. So don't think about failure as an endpoint. It really is the beginning. How you come out of it is how you're going to grow. You got this, friends. We believe in you. Thanks for listening to today's conversation about embracing failure. We hope it resonated with you and your team. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. Every Monday, we send a weekly roundup of best content and resources to our good community. Sign up for free at weareforgood.com slash hello. One more thing. If you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find and join our good community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comper, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Thanks for being here, everyone.
Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.